This podcast replay is brought to you by EssentialMovingExperts.com. Five-star rated, 25 years of experience in the moving business. Family owned and operated. They offer free 30-day storage. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Mention the big O and get $150 off. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. Let me uh, tell you what else do we have going on. You want to hear a... Oh, uh, an interesting story that a lot of us were right about. A lot of you were right about, and so was I, because it was, it was, it wasn't something that you or I. It took a lot to kind of figure out. We kind of knew it, kind of like it's it's elementary, my dear Watson. Some of you didn't, but here's the thing. Time has a way of changing things, right? And sometimes you don't count on something to happen, and then you, you you say, oh, this would never happen. And then something changes, the dynamics, and all of a sudden, it does happen. Well, a lot of us, once we heard Belichick was released, right? Some of you out there were talking about, oh, dude, you know, they, they got to they gotta fire McCarthy there in Dallas. Jerry's got to hire Belichick. And a lot of us, yours truly, and a lot of you out there, we use common sense. There's no way those two could work together. No freaking way, dude. Jerry's too controlling. And Belichick wants control. So there's no way that they could work together. And nothing happened. McCarthy was kept. And Belichick couldn't find a job. So now Jerry Jones was asked about Bill Belichick. And he goes, I know him personally. And I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. None. We all know that he's certainly excellent, maybe at the top of his profession. To say that any one person automatically assures you of a Super Bowl is ridiculous. That's too high of an expectation for him, but he is maybe the greatest pro football coach of all time, could very well be. He is a friend and I like him, and I want to make it real clear. I wouldn't have any problem working with him. Now, I want to tell you something about Jerry Jones. Well, I don't, you know, I have my... uh negative comments about Jerry, and I can hold them for now. The positive comments I will say is he's a hell of a businessman. He also understands a little psychology and he just used it. He just planted a seed for a plant that could end up growing and making us look wrong. And I'll tell you why. So Belichick is set in his ways and he wants his control. But guess what? He got a slice of that humble pie this offseason. Seven teams had coaches coaching vacancies. Seven teams said, Bill, thanks, but no thanks. We're out of here. Or six, right, because New England can't count. All right? So they all said, no, no thanks. Even Atlanta, they would not break up their franchise the way it was structured so he could take over and run everything. So now Belichick gets to eat that humble pie the entire year. I don't know if he's going to go into broadcasting, which would be actually pretty interesting to watch him in broadcasting. Um, I want you guys to watch something called um, um, the history of AFL pro football or something I've told you about this. It's a five-part series. It is one of the greatest biographies you will ever see about football. Uh, and it's all about the history of the AFL between the 60, from 1960 and 1970 into the merger with the NFL and the history of it all. And I want you to see some of the interviews with Belichick there. That's the Belichick you're going to get, not the one, you know. So because you hear people on television talk about, oh, no, he would be good. They are right. He actually, when he wants to, he does this on purpose. He doesn't talk to anybody. And he mumbles and whatever. But go watch him in that in that series. And he's smiling and he openly talks about football and all that. Because you get him talking about football 
and he'll become a parrot. You you try to tell him to brag about himself or talk about his team, or he hates doing it. He doesn't want to do any of that. That's all it is. And so he purposely screws with you. But he does have a personality. It's just you need to watch the history of the AFL, that five-part series, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But back to my point. He has now had a now he's got a slice of humble pie added handed to him. Now he gets to eat it all year. Okay, now he has to think: Am I getting too old? Nobody wants me. And one thing they made clear: It looks like they don't want to give me control. And I got to tell you, here's where I was wrong: a thousand percent. Jesus Christ, was I wrong? I thought for sure somebody would be stupid enough to say, here, here, Bill, here's the keys to the kingdom. It's all yours. Please save our franchise. Nobody was willing to do that. A year from now, when he's a year out of football, I don't know if somebody will be willing to do that or not. That's the only way he gets a job. But if he cannot get that job where he gets total control, then I can actually see him settling for the Cowboys and saying, well, I got to deal with the hierarchy and the players they bring in. They do have a good roster, by the way. Actually, I I have to give, you know, Stephen Jones and his staff. I actually know a couple of scouts with the Cowboys. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something they tell me all the time because I mentioned it to one of my friends that's a Cowboys scout about – Five years ago, six years ago, and I and I and I, I assumed, which made me look like an ass, of course. And I said, "So you guys put, bring those reports, and they just you know like throw them in the trash, and Jerry picks whoever the hell he wants." And he goes, "No, they actually listen to us. They actually take our advice. Players that you see there have been chosen by a lot of the scouts. Uh, they're actually very good at listening." So I, for the ego stuff that you hear, some of the scouts, and they'll tell me straight up, especially one of the two guys that I know is kind of like me, that he has no qualms in telling you exactly what, what the deal is. And um, he told me, actually, they're very good. They're very fair. And they actually treat their employees uh, at, like at an incredibly high level. So. They have a very good reputation inside the league. Now, as for the coach, well, the coach is a puppet and has been a puppet since Jerry Jones is there. So that's one thing that does not change, and it's there. But if Belichick cannot find a home, Jerry has done everything to lay the groundwork and say, hey, man, I would have no problem working with him. Now, it's going to have to be on his terms. And Belichick's going to have to know that. But he knows that if McCarthy fails next year and nobody is willing to hand the keys of the kingdom to Belichick, then the Cowboys will have one of the better rosters that he should consider to go if he cannot get what he wants. He couldn't get it this year. Will he get it next year? Because you got to figure next year is should or get off the pot for Bill Belichick. He either gets the job or he's out. He's done. It's over for him. So Jerry did a nice little psychological ploy to kind of put himself in that position for a possible acquisition of Bill Belichick in 2025. Very smart by the old man. Very smart. Uh, top five, top five favorite Super Bowls, Big O since 91 to present day. Oh God, Anthony, that would take me too long to think about that. I cannot come up, up off the top of my head with that right now. There's no way I could do that. Reckless boaters and people renting boats out there. Yeah, that there's a lot of that. You're, you're a thousand percent right. Uh, cigar social, uh, Ocala Joe, um, a lot of people, by the way, are moving up into that area of Florida. Like the suburbs around Ocala and Ocala, I'm hearing. Anyway, uh, for Ocala Joe, I said that 
I said that cause cause the wife showed me the high school yearbook and I saw you on the journalist page. That's the quote they had for you. Oh, really? Dude, I don't remember at all. I mean, yeah, I was in journalism. I was in yearbook. What did your wife go to school with me? Your wife went to Highly High? Okay. Um, yeah, I had I had a lot of fun in high school. I got to say, I was in yearbook. I was in photography. I mean, I, I did anything and everything that would get me out of school. So, you know, I had, I had uh, photog and I had photog classes and yearbook classes after lunch, I think it was. Yes, after the first lunch. So that way I could have a second lunch. So I would grab for yearbook. Then I'd say, okay, I'm going to take the camera and go out and take some pictures and some stuff for the year. Okay, go ahead. And I could disappear for the hour. You know, Mrs. Sipe, I want to say, uh, was the yearbook teacher. By the way, she got arrested or something for stealing money from the school. Okay. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Didn't help that I sold some yearbooks on the side. Anyway, uh, so you know, discount 10 bucks. You're going to pay 20. Here's one for 10. You know? So anyway, um, so yearbook, I was, uh, the, I would use it as the second lunch. Right. And then, uh, photography, it would be before PE. So then it was my fifth period and P was my sixth period. P I took P all three years. Okay. That was my favorite class. PEM music. I mean, listen, I had it so good back in the day. You know that we didn't have to take math in our senior year. Suck it, kids. You lose. Your schooling is way harder than mine. I had two requirements my senior year in Hialeah High. So my four other classes, I had two lunch periods, uh, PE, yearbook, photog and there was like something some other bullshit music i mean my senior year was like it was glorious bro it was just glorious yeah skip go to the beach go to waikiki go hang out go to 81st street beach you know it was just it was just that's why for you kitties out there, if there's any kitties that are watching, man, enjoy. I, I, I know you can't enjoy school as much as we did because we also had open school, too. We could go to we got in our cars and went to lunch. You know what I mean? Something you kitties can't do anymore. They lock you in. You know, we were out and about for a lunch or two. Some of us. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I had a blast. I had a blast. I got to say, high school was, it was fun, man. It was fun. Uh, I pretty much knew everybody, and it was a blast. And parties every, uh, highly high was a part. Ask your, I don't know if your wife partied with us, but uh, Ocala Joe, you can ask your wife. Um, highly high was a party school. There were parties either on weekends at the beach, different hotels. We were all getting together at Waikiki or Marco Polo or the Colonial or whatever, all those different types of hotels that were throughout, you know, the uh, North North Miami Beach area. Uh, or we were having pool parties at, at different homes in Hialeah. Well, for us rockers, we used to have like at least once a month, we would have a pool party that had a stage right at the edge of the pool. And we had a couple of bands that would be jamming all afternoon. Okay. We didn't have a DJ. We literally had metal bands jamming. What was it? Hammerhead was one of them. Uh, Hammerhead was actually pretty popular back in the early to mid 80s uh, locally. They would play at Strawberries and Flynn's and, you know, different places. I'm bringing some, some memories back for some of you older folks out there. Ocala Joe, I don't know what, 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 you know, was she a, a, a rocker? Was she a, 
a, uh, a disco person? Was she a geeky person? Was she an athletic person? I don't know what, what click she hung out with. You know what I'm saying? So all depends, but yeah, we were, we were a party school. Highly a high goes underrated back in the day. I can't talk about highly a high now, but back in the day, it was a party school. Oh, how can we purchase big old shirts and hats? We don't live in Miami anymore. It's coming. It's coming. I promise you. I will have it up by Monday. Okay. Uh, we've got it all set up. Everything is set. I just got to load it up on the website and connect the, the bank account stuff. And then we're ready to go. Uh, and we will have stuff to sell. I, I will have it up next week. Guaranteed. Do you think Belichick would be willing to be a head coach without having all? That's what I just said, that I think his humbling might lead him to that next year. And normally he would never work for Jerry Jones, Frankie. But if nobody's willing to give him power and they're willing to hire him, then you've got to go to a team that's got a pretty good roster since you're not going to have great power. The Cowboys have a pretty good roster. Okay, so Belichick could do a lot of damage with a roster like the Cowboys. I know that could end up choking anyway, and Bill can't control that part. But that's my point, that the humbling could bring him to the extreme of even working for Jerry Jones. So that's why Jerry, he's not going to hire anybody that isn't going to work for him. Okay, but that's why Jerry, very smart. Just threw it out there like I would have no problem. I could easily work with him, easily work with him. But, of course, it's going to be on the Jones, you know, terms. So that's why I threw it out there. When I saw Jerry do that yesterday, I was, you psychological some bitch. Wow, that is genius on your part, dude. That was genius on Jerry Jones' part. Genius. Planted a seed for next year. Uh, the colonial pool was a staple, says Christian. Big O, now they take gender affirmation classes. It's a different world, my brother. It's a different world. It's just the way it is. I don't worry about culture wars, my man. I don't get stuck in that. Don't really care about it. Doesn't bother me whatsoever. So I, uh, that kind of, that silliness is, you know, I worry more about other things. What you all should be worrying about is what they do in our economy. The culture stuff is the silliest shit in the world that people are worried about. This is the AFL was excellent. Bill was pretty good in that. I know I, I people need to see Bill Belichick in that light. Oh, you want, you want to talk you want to talk to the AFL? Oh, you want to talk? Like, watch him. Completely different dude. You're like, is that AI? Did, that's a fake Belichick I'm watching, right? You ever seen that? That's what you're going to say when you're sitting there. You're going, he's sociable. He's smiling. He's happy. That, that's not real, right? That's what you're going to be telling your friends and family members when you watch. You now, no, no, that's not Belichick. So, science was way worse. My worst subject in high school. Mine was math. I once I got past uh, basic math, like I I kill it with. You know, adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying, percentages, you name it. All business math, I kill it. Once you start sticking in an X and a Y, you can go to hell. Okay? You just go to hell. Okay? Once you start adding letters, I have no use for that shit. I'm not an engineer. I'm not going to, I don't plan on being any kind of engineer, a chemical engineer, a structural engineer, a space engineer. I don't need any of that shit. Okay. So get lost with your quantum physics, get lost with your calculus and your all that. Get the hell out of here with algebra and algebra two and, and geometry and trigonometry and get out of here with that shit. 
Now, my wife and daughter, they absolutely kick ass in that. Yeah, I could. I hated math, bro. The 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 word math. The other stuff. I I love them. I actually used to love math up until you started throwing in letters, and then that's when that's like the an exorcist for me, bro. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Like eleventh grade was hell for me, because I had I was forced to take business math for half a year, which I loved, but the second half of the year I had to do pre-algebra. And I know 99% of you are going, oh, what kind of a dumbass are you that you couldn't figure out pre-algebra? I did, but I'm a dumbass. Barely. I barely got by pre-algebra. I hated it. It was like, my wife says it all the time. She goes, I could easily teach algebra. I could teach anybody the, the if you pay attention to this and that. And I'm like, yeah, my problem is I get intimidated by it and frustrated with it. And so I want nothing to do with it. You don't have any patience. Yeah. And I have no interest in learning it also. Because <laughs> I knew I wasn't ever going to be an engineer in high school. Like I knew it. I was like, what the hell do I want this shit for? And then in my senior year when I didn't have to take any math. Oh, my God. That was heaven. It was English and science, I believe. That's the only two requirements I had. In, uh, and I loved English and science. I have no problem with that. And history, too. I had no problem with those subjects. But math, you know, word math with letters. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was brutal for me, dude. Uh, let's see. The wife was a disco queen, practically lived in Casanova action. Disco satisfaction. That's where Madonna did her first... Uh, her first tour, first album, she came to Casanova. So she went to Casanova. She used to go to Strawberries across the street also then, huh? Ah, there you go. I used to go to Casanova's. Why would you care about it, chatter? You are silly. Uh, I don't know what that means. Oh, I wish more people looked at culture like you do. It doesn't affect you. Don't worry about it. No need to get mad at shit that doesn't affect you in a negative way. It's so stupid, bro. Look at these idiots now going after Taylor Swift. Like, bro, get a life. Why? She may not vote for you? Oh, come on, man. People are going to vote one way or the other. Who gives a shit? It's all this silliness, dude. They're just into all these culture wars and personal conflicts and all that. Screw all that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing with my money. That's what I'm worried about. How you're flushing all my goddamn money down the toilet. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, what's your take on an 18-game season and expanding rosters? Eventually, it will happen. The You should make the 53-man roster completely active. And the 18th game, as I've said a thousand times over. Um, okay. Uh, as I said a thousand times over. I've been saying this for four years now easily. You need to have an 18-game schedule, and you need to have two bye weeks. So it's a 20-week schedule. And you have a bye week for every Thursday night game. So every time you're going to play a Thursday night game, you're off the week before. That way, you, you kill that bye week, and then the other bye week. And that way, you can have the bye weeks in the first half of the season, in the second half of the season. So everybody, and what you can do is break it up, you know, and give and give people, you know, rest uh, twice. And at the same time, your Thursday games, all of a sudden, instead of being bad games, they become great games because they're going to have 11 days to prepare for those games. And then when they're done with that game, they're going to have another 10 days to prepare for the following game. So it gives them rest. So it's basically like, two back-to-back bye weeks surrounding a Thursday game. So it takes care. It's only common sense to make it 18 games. It's only common sense to include two bye weeks. I don't know why common sense takes so long in this world to happen. Whatever, dude. You know, it's better for the players to have two bye weeks. Playing a 17 or 18 game schedule is not going to do anything. But what will extend your career is that you're going to have a bye week for every Thursday game. And that will create zero issues for that game from now on. Everybody will be well rested before it and after it. And it gives 
teams time to kind of catch up with their bodies and all that kind of stuff and treatment. So I think it's the inevitable because greed will step in kind of like what's going on with Bitcoin. You know, they're chewing up, uh, what is it? 11, 1200 Bitcoin a day. And they're only producing like 600 and something a day. And here comes, you know, Tokyo and Japan, and they're going to open it up. And then greed will step in because they know that there's a finite amount. Well, greed will step in here also. And they're all going to realize one more game and a bye week will buy us even more advertising for two more weeks. That's it. Oh, and by the way, with the two bye weeks, if I rem- if I, if my math is correct, you'll have less teams off per week in a way. You can actually break it up even more evenly because some weeks there's way more and some weeks there's less. You'll be able to break it up a little bit less and 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 spread out throughout the year a little bit more. So it, it might even balance out a little bit more having the two instead of having the one. So it helps out in so many different ways. It helps your Thursday night game for promotion, for health, all of that. It helps out the players for longevity because they get two weeks off. It helps out for finances because now you're getting the revenue from the 18th week and then the extra bye week. So those are two weeks of football that you're adding. Now you've got 20. So you're adding two more weeks of revenue streaming also at the same time. There, there's just, there are no negatives to it. There are only positives to it. You're better off playing 18 game. You're better off playing 18 with two bye weeks than 17 with one bye. I mean, I can't make just off the top of my head. I can't give you better arguments than that right there. You know what I mean? It only makes sense. So the inevitable will happen. Bitcoin will dominate and we'll get an 18-game schedule. It's the inevitable. It will happen. Just doesn't happen overnight. Um, You must have taken physics as your science class. No, I did not. I did not take physics. No, sir. Uh, Big O, what's your favorite dolphin of all time? Oh, it's Marino. Marino. Marino will always be my favorite Dolphin of all time. Uh, Nat Moore is my favorite wide receiver of all time. Uh, but Marino is my favorite Dolphin of all time. Yeah, I've, you know, you'll, you'll, never, get, you'll never get anything bad out of me for Marino. Ever. I freaking love that guy. I, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, honor the ground he walks on. Okay? And it kills me that we never gave him enough to win. Oh, by the way, yes, he just like Tua. You can't win with not enough. You can't win with bad coaching. Yeah, doesn't matter if you're Tua or Marino. Doesn't matter because I love, oh, well, he needs a perfect situation. Yes, so did Marino, asshole. That's why he didn't win shit. That's why he didn't have long runs in the playoffs a whole bunch of times. Did it only a couple times. Why? Because he didn't have help. It's like, it's so idiotic the way Tua is treated at times. Can you buy a home and live in El Salvador with just Bitcoin? Yes, you can, sir. You can live anywhere on Bitcoin, buy anything on Bitcoin. The part that so many of you that don't invest, you don't understand. You know you convert your Bitcoin immediately to cash. Like right away. And if the company accepts Bitcoin, then go ahead. Now, I would never buy anything with Bitcoin. Again, that's the other rookie statement you just made. Rookies, people that don't know shit, use Bitcoin as money. Or people that don't have the wherewithal to save. That those people I can't I I can't, you know, I can't blame anybody that, you know, doesn't have the capabilities to save they, they're they're just eking by and 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 in salvador you know the few people that are probably using bitcoin that live there el salvadorians you know they're probably just using the money that they get and they're surviving those people i get but anybody else that is really truly if you're saving money or stocks or whatever 
If you own Bitcoin and you're using it as currency, you're not very smart because it shouldn't be used as currency. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson does need help. He did that day. You know, it's funny, Jim. So I know you put a funny face next to it, but his coach failed him by not running the ball. And he put him in a position to fail because he's not a passer. Never has been, never will be. He'll complete some passes. Doesn't make him a passer. Uh, Big O, do you rock the Deftones? Hell yeah. I recently really got into their catalog a few years ago and I'm hooked. Yeah. Um, Bill Preston, rest in peace, my brother. Love you. Um, he, uh, he's the one that got me into, into the Deftones and, uh, and Chirino, right? Chirino is, uh, is the lead singer. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I do like the Deftones. I've seen them many times. I, I think like four or five times I've seen the Deftones. They're fun, man. They're fun. I enjoy the Deftones. Very good catalog. You are correct. Who is my favorite cornerback of all time? Shit, dude. I don't have one. I have two. I thought I still had it here. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. I think I put them away, by the way. I think I put them away, unfortunately. But I uh, had a shirt here of the no passing zone of uh, Sam Madison, Pastor Tan. Love those two dudes. So I, I can't pick one over the other. And I'm biased because I covered their careers here. Got to know them personally. Uh, great freaking dudes, bro. And they didn't have enough. You didn't give them an offense. You didn't give them a running game on a consistent basis. You know, once in a while they had a running game, but they didn't have the quarterback and they didn't have the offense. And, and a lot of times they didn't even have the coach that could get it done. So there you go. Uh, Big O, I would have liked to have seen Marino throwing it to Warfield. Oh, that would have been fun. Big O with another game added. How many additional injuries would occur? I don't know. You'll have to find out yourself. It's the way it goes, man. Shit happens. Um, by the way, great move by the Steelers, hiring uh, Arthur Smith as their OC. I thought that was a fantastic move. Arthur Smith uh, did not belong maybe as a, as a head coach, but he is a terrific play designer. And uh, Steelers kind of needed that. Matt Canada thing was a disaster over there. He had a burner account and all that other stuff going on. Just crazy stuff. But uh, not that I'm a Steelers guy or anything, but if there's any Steelers fans out there, I got to say that that was a really nice move, you know, overall. Um, Super Bowl, by the way, the Niners, the line has gone up uh, minus two. So it looks like a lot of uh, dumb money is coming in on the Niners. Uh, sorry, Casey's winning this game. Uh, the other, th by the way, the, the right wingers going after Taylor Swift. <laughs> Man, you people are just a bunch of losers. Yeah, and by the way, not very smart. He, he, maybe you're better off trying to be friendly instead, so that way you can win her over, which I doubt you will, and maybe win over her fan base, which is really powerful. You know, the Swifties and the Beehive. You know, I don't think you want to instigate shit with those people. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you want to be picking fights with those people. They are relentless. I'm saying, look at the deep fake AI of Taylor Swift. Okay. I mean, laws are going to be passed because it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> if it was you or me or Demi Moore or, or uh, Tom Hamilton or, you know, you can pick any 
fresh actor or old actor or anybody in there. Yeah, whatever. It's a fake AI, whatever. Who cares? This, that. You know, there's a fake AOC AI that's going around, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's nobody would care. Look, the AOC one, nobody cares. But it's Taylor Swift. Oh, man, the world is losing their minds that there is a sexually explicit AI of Taylor Swift. It's so it, it, it draws so much attention that it's going to force laws. idiots what a bunch of morons and by the way the lions good job by uh dan campbell because ben johnson told washington and seattle nah not interested i'm gonna stay here and he does not have a defection of coaches which allows him to maintain that continuity for next year that was uh, that was pretty good for. That's really good news for Dan Campbell. I got to say, Dan the man, he has um, he definitely proved me wrong. Uh, let's go to a little music news and birthdays. Let's start off with the birthdays today. Why don't we? On January thirty first, Justin Timberlake is forty three years old. Jackie Robinson was born on this date in nineteen nineteen. We lost him in seventy two. Um, uh, Joel Courtney, movie actor, is twenty eight. I have no idea who he is. I do know Carrie Washington, actress. She is forty seven. Uh, Portia De Rossi, actress, is 51. Uh, Julian Alvarez, soccer player, is 24. Tyler Hubbard, country singer, is 37. Let's see. Jonathan Banks, TV actor, is 77. Nolan Ryan, baseball pitcher, also 77 years old. And those are the folks celebrating birthdays today. Okay. And in music history, let's start off with a little music history. In January 31st, here are some of the reasons why this day matters on January 31st. You want to find out why it matters? Well, in 69, Led Zeppelin played their first of two nights at New York's Fillmore East during their North American tour. The set was allegedly so powerful that headliners Iron Butterfly refused to follow them. In Agata de Vida. That's all we got for 14 minutes. These guys just jammed for two hours. Uh, in 81, Blondie went to number one in the singles charts with The Tide is High. It was the group's third number one song. In 2007, a previously unreleased poem that Jim Morrison wrote and recorded shortly before he died in 71 was set to music and used to publicize a campaign to stop global warming. In 2001, it was announced that Peter Chris was leaving Kiss and that Eric Singer would fill his spot for the remainder of the dates on the band's farewell tour. And that, my friends, is what happened today in music history by the way if you're a Joni mitchell fan she is having a concert for the first time in 24 years at the hollywood bowl and i know we have a lot of uh, listeners all over the country so she will have her first show in 24 years at the hollywood bowl october 19th it'll be called the Joni jam so enjoy if you want to go okay Joni mitchell how about that classic dude queens of the stone age announced a u.s tour and they are coming to south florida they'll be here in hollywood at the hard rock on may 10th daytona beach for welcome to rockville may 11th and just to give you a couple dates for our friends in calgary on april 1st uh saskatoon april 3rd uh, Kingston, Ontario, April 9th. They're going to a lot of cities in Canada, so you can check it out. Halifax, Nova Scotia, 
the 17th of April, Raleigh, North Carolina, May 2nd, Atlanta, May 4th. Those are some of the dates you may want to check if you want to see Queens of the Stone Age. It's another one. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. That is about it on the music side. Oh, one more. Pet Shop Boys. I found this weird. I read this today. I read this this morning. I, I had no idea that the Pet Shop Boys were doing this. But apparently, they have a movie coming out that will be available in 1,400 theaters in 50 countries worldwide, giving the beloved British duo a two-night-only event screening Wednesday, January 31st, and Sunday, February 4th. Their new upcoming film, Pet Shop Boys Dream World, The Hits Live. Now, you know what? I got no problem with Pet Shop Boys. I think they're a terrific duo. They've done a great job. They've got a bunch of hits. Are they big enough that they would draw people to a theater? Metallica, the aforementioned Taylor Swift, the aforementioned Beyonce. Okay. You too. You know, I, I could think of a couple of artists that would be that big that they could do a movie and people will go watch it. Okay, there's a few. Pet Shop Boys is not one of them. I'm just, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know how this is really going to be a major hit. That one I don't understand. Is it just me? I found that one weird, to be quite honest. So, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Frankie Fresco, he's got a super chat. Thank you, Frankie, by the way. I appreciate you. Uh, Big O, Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. But who cares? AEW Wednesday. John Moxley versus Jeff Hardy. Who we got? Ooh, this is hard. Because both Moxley and Hardy have won battles that you guys have given me predictions and i remember that now you know moxley and moxie i think i've mentioned this before is kind of you know in the same uh territory so i am going to lean to john j-o-n moxley against jeff hardy okay i will i will be laughing all the way with this win. I'm going to bet this thing up that it'll be Moxley over Hardy Har Har Har. That's what's going to happen. I will be laughing at Jeff Hardy tonight as Moxley wins. Sean, what do I get for that prediction? Oh, I got two thumbs up. Look out. Love it. Thank you, Sean. Miami never did a good job replacing Duper Clayton for Marino once they were gone. No disrespect. OJ, Fryer, or Gadsden, and Dupe, we're not doing, what? Well, okay, who's Jerry Rice? I mean, really, are we going to play that game, dude? Who's Michael Irving? You know, uh, what's the CD, uh, CD Lamb? Terrific player, still not Michael Irving. I mean, come on, man. We could play that game all over the place, you know? It's a... It's a little bit of an unfair game, my man. Ocala Joe with some love on Cash App. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you big time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ocala Joe. Very nice of you, my man. Very nice of you. Remember, Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And, of course, you can always send a Bitcoin donation to Cash App or Venmo. Thank you all, as always. Oh, man, what else do we have going on that I'd like to talk about? So we had a couple of guys arrested. Did you see this story? It's a, a little bit of a different kind of story here. Okay, if you're standing, I want you sitting. If you're driving, uh, pull to the side right now. Do you, do you know why men really don't live longer lives than women at times do you want to know why women constantly laugh at men or 
your wife is constantly laughing at you because we're not a very intelligent breed of people, the male, the male being. And this is a great example here coming out of Arkansas, Benton County, Arkansas. Police arrested two men after they took turns shooting one another while wearing a bullet-resistant vest. Charles Eugene Ferris, 50, and Christopher Hicks, 36, were arrested Monday, April 1st, in connection with an aggravated assault. This is a, an old story, obviously, but I've never seen this story, so it was funny. They were released on a $5,000 bond and were issued no contact order from the Bend County Jail on the 2nd. Bend County Sheriff's Deputy Dorian Hendricks went to Mercy Hospital around 11 Sunday, March 31st, to investigate a male who had been shot multiple times while wearing a bulletproof vest. Uh, Hendricks interviewed Ferris, who had a red spot in his chest. Ferris told to elaborate the story to try and cover up the truth. He said someone from the edge of a tree line began shooting at him and the asset on the Highway 12, according to the affidavit, Ferris changed his story about the incident and said he did not want to get Hicks in trouble, so he made up his prior story. He then told police what really happened and said he had been drinking on his back deck with Hicks and wanted Hicks to shoot him with the vest on. Hicks shot Ferris with a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle. The bullet hit the top left corner of the vest, stopping the bullet but leaving a red mark. Ferris told police he was pissed and Hicks put on the vest, the affidavit said. Ferris then unloaded the clip into Hicks' back. According to a police report, no rounds from the 22 caliber semi-automatic penetrated the vest. Good vest, by the way. Oh. We're not an impressive breed. We're just not. We're not. And that's a great example of why we're not an impressive breed of, of being. Whew. Wow. When sports and business collide, folks, we like doing something called the KSDT CPA Sports Business Report. <laughs> says pet shop boys might draw some west end girls but that's about it i like it i like that line frankie has travis scott you mean travis scott movie would draw in people is that what you're saying by the way did you see what travis scott just did this weekend he had he there was a like a custodian a janitor or whatever in the in the in the arena and he goes you need a night off and i'm giving you five thousand dollars that was pretty cool that was pretty cool. Props to Travis Scott on that one. I know he's gone through a rough patch because he had that tragedy happen in, in one of his concerts where, you know, when you're old, you live through things, you experience them, and then you know. Travis was too young to know about the who and know about, you know, crowds and getting stomped and all that kind of stuff, and he started something that he probably shouldn't have, you know. Obviously, that was terrible, but he did something over the weekend that I thought was cool. And I got to give him props for that. And that was cool. Cause the, the, like the, the custodian or the janitor or whatever, the guy was picking up the trash and he was like, you know, he was, he was, he was a happy camper, you know, good for him, man. That was, that was cool. Anyway, uh, seven time Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady is merging his health and nutrition company, TB 12 and his apparel company, Brady with training brand, no bull. As part of the deal, Brady will become the number two shareholder in No Bull behind Body Armor and founder Mike Repol. And he bought the company last year, Mike. Terms of the deal now provided, No Bull was founded in 2015 by former Reebok executives Marcus Wilson and Michael Schaefer. The Boston-based company employs about 100 people across the U.S., U.K., and China and sells its sneakers and apparel primarily online. 
Under the merger, the company will continue to operate under the brand name No Bull and aims to become a complete wellness company. I wanted to do something really big, Repo said about the deal with Brady. I think No Bull has a chance here to be this epic his historic brand playing in space of health and wellness through sneakers, apparel, nutrition, mentality, and really helping people with adversity, resilience, and grit. Repo, who made his fortune turning beverage brands into household names, purchased a majority of stake of No Bull in July. His track record includes selling body armor to Coca-Cola for $5.6 billion in 21, in addition to creating the vitamin water and smart water brands, which he sold to Coca-Cola in 2007. So this guy's pretty good. Kind of knows his stuff. And Tom Brady, you know, he's not stupid. He He's going to have success. Just like he's been practicing his broadcasting for months now, doing, you know, um, what's it called? Simulated games and all that kind of stuff so he can prepare for next season on Fox where he's going to be the analyst and he'll be calling the Super Bowl next year too. So a lot of stuff going on for, for Tom Brady. Uh, in the Garden, uh, oh, in Agata de Vida, is supposed to be called In the Garden of Eden. The lead singer mistook its uh, pronunciation. Oh, okay. In the Garden of Eden, in Agata de Vida. Okay. I like that. That's a fun nugget. Didn't know that. All right, folks, we are out of here. We uh, thank, of course, Matt Verderam and David Feronis. We thank, of course, the one and only Sean Stanley, the legend, getting it done, as always, mastering the entire platform. Today, we will see you at Top Gun Indoor Range. All right? First ever shooting contest. We got all kinds of prizes and giveaways. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Top Gun Indoor Range. Come on out and join us. Steve and all the great people out there, we will see you. You all be good out there. See you tomorrow in the afternoon. Same time, same place, same bat channel. All right, folks, the competition is set this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Just got the plaque for the winner. Our first shooting contest at Top Gun, 7 o'clock. Hey, by the way, everybody participating in the shooting contest will get a big old T-shirt. So come on out and participate. Even participating, you win. We'll have some prizes and giveaways. The winner will get this plaque. Orvieto's Awards and more. They are in North Miami Beach. I've known them for about 30 years. They do great work. And then, of course, Steve and all the great people at Top Gun Indoor Range is going to be fun. We're going to make this a contest every couple of months. We're going to have some fun. So this is our first plaque ever for the giveaway. So who's going to win it? Who is it? Who's got the best shot here in South Florida? Meet us this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Y'all be good out there. And, of course, tune in to the Big O Radio Show daily, 10 a.m. on YouTube.